Got 20 minutes? Then you have time for a Bible study. Jesus, name above all names, I worship you. Jesus, worthy to be praised, I worship you. Welcome to another episode of 20-Minute Bible Studies. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Over the next several minutes, you're going to hear an important message directly from God's Word and have your faith and knowledge increased. All you have to do is listen. Now, here are your teachers. Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Pine. And I'm Andy Balog. Let's get started. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Today we're going to examine a story from the Old Testament that exemplifies this verse, and then talk about God's timing for encouragement when we need it. Let's listen now to the Word of God. A reading from the Old Testament, from the book of 1 Samuel. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were there with him lifted their voices and wept, until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Skipping to verse 18, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and rescued his two wives. But nothing of theirs was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken for themselves. David brought it all back. That was chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, verses 3 to 6, and then verse 18. Before attempting to interpret scripture, we always use what we call the space method. The word space is an acronym that we created to remind Bible students to consider the speaker, hence the letter SP, the audience, the letter A, and the context, the letter C, before attempting an explanation, the letter E. And when we put those letters together, we come up with the acronym SPACE. So let's use the SPACE method today on today's scripture reading. Okay, Andy, so the speaker here is actually unknown if you uh, do your research. You know, even though the book is named for Samuel and its beginning is about him, that doesn't mean it was written by him necessarily. Samuel did write a book about King David, and that's according to the Bible, 1 Chronicles 29.29, so he could be one possible author. Uh, Other possible authors include the prophets Nathan and Gad, who according to that same verse in Chronicles, also wrote books about King David's life. In any case, our scripture reading is from chapter 30, which makes it unlikely that Samuel was the author because, if you go back to chapter 28, verse 3, it says, Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. Good point. So, of course, uh, 
Although that sounds disqualifying, it may not be as disqualifying as you think because Samuel's ghost actually makes an appearance later in that same chapter. The Witch of Endor conjures his spirit at King Saul's request, and Samuel gives one last prophecy, ominously predicting that King Saul and his sons would soon be joining him. And that prophecy is fulfilled in the chapter after our scripture reading, chapter 31. Wow, great info on the speaker, Jordan. Appreciate that. So now let's go on to the letter A, which of course represents the audience. The audience was the nation of Israel. So that means by extension, it's also written for those of us who the Bible says we are quote unquote the wild olives from the wild olive branch, who are grafted into the olive tree of Israel, as the Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 11, verses 17. And that, of course, represents the church. That's who he was talking about. And more to the point, speaking of these Old Testament stories in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11, the Apostle Paul says, quote, these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction. And we'll get back to that, Jordan, in a moment. Okay, as for the context, the sea, 1 Samuel begins with Samuel's story and ends with the death of King Saul setting up the coronation of King David. That's 1 Samuel. 2 Samuel uh, pretty much starts with the coronation and goes from there. Now recall, Samuel was the son of Hannah, a woman whom the Bible says wanted a son so badly, she promised God she would dedicate him to God as a Nazarite. And Nazarites took a vow to drink no alcohol or even cut their hair. For example, Samson was a famous Nazarite. Incidentally, as a little side note, Jesus Christ is often depicted with long hair, and that's possibly because of some confusion between the term Nazarite and Nazarene. A Nazarene is a person from Nazareth, as in Jesus of Nazareth. Anyway, God answered Hannah's prayer, and he gave her a son, dedicated to the temple, and gave to the high priest Eli to raise in the temple. Right. And, uh, you know, God spoke to Samuel when he was a small child, about 11 years old, and he went on to become a famous prophet and kingmaker. He anointed two very important kings of Israel, King Saul and King David. Now, our scripture reading comes after the story of Samuel, pretty late in the story of King Saul, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, early in the story of King David before he became king. A few chapters earlier, David the warrior had fled to the land of the Philistines with about 600 men because King Saul wanted him dead. Chapter 27, verse 7 says he lived there for about a year and four months. And after the story of his victory over the Amalekites that we're studying today, he would learn of Saul's death and return home to become king, first of Judah and then over all of Israel. Great job, Jordan. Okay, now let's look at the possible explanation here for these verses. So we know who the speaker is, generally. We know who the audience is, for sure. You've given us the context of our scripture reading. So let's do our best here, according to Scripture, to explain it. Now, this story is pretty straightforward. For those of you who've just heard it, we recommend you definitely take some time to go home and read it again on your own. So please make a note of that. And, you know, there isn't any special interpretation needed, I don't think. You know, instead, what we want is for everyone to look at how this story speaks to us today. Now, a couple things. Life's challenging obstacles can absolutely sometimes cause us to feel overwhelmed with heartaches, with sadness, with despair. I mean, you can go on and on with the adjectives, and I think those of you who this lesson is meant for, and I think it's for everybody, at some point in their life knows what we're talking about. Yes. Now, during these challenging experiences in our lives, you know, it's, it's vital that we draw closer to God 
and it's a scripture, so that he will draw closer to us. That's just a biblical fact. It's a rule that everyone that's part of the church needs to abide by. And I believe that that's the way our Father wants to kind of test our faithfulness. He, he, he teaches us as we grow as Christians that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. Here's my word. You have access to my throne through Christ Jesus, through the veil, whenever you want to pray. So our relationship is strong and steady. However, when times are tough, don't run away. Don't look for a crutch. Don't look to the world for the answer. Come closer to me, especially during, during these difficult times. That's when you'll see I will come closer to you. And that's, of course, when we need him the most anyway. And, you know, adding to that, although we, we do often face troubles as Christians, remember that God, our heavenly and all-knowing Father, he, he knew that we would encounter these things before the foundations of the earth were even laid. You know, he's, he's omniscient, which means he knows everything. He planned everything. This is scriptural. Amen. Yeah, you know, Andy, the unpleasant uh, life-changing experiences that we, we face, they might be shocking to us. But as you're suggesting, God knew about them before he created us even. And he already set up an internal encouragement system with us to assist us during these difficult times. You know, this first happened, this system was put in place when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord, Lord of our lives and our Savior. And, you know, despite the setbacks and detours that we may face, we have to remember that God has a purpose for us that will be fulfilled. Yeah, Jordan, you know, in our scripture reading today, David experienced a devastating event. He returned home with his men only to find that the Amalekites, they, they raided and they burned the land, his land, with fire. And then they took captive the women and the children. I mean, just imagine, put yourself in David's shoes there for just a second, right? You come home from a, from a tour of duty and you find out and, you know, you have these men that are following you and you're their leader, and you promise them good things because God is the one who's driving this and saying, you know, we're going to be blessed. We're God's people. As long as we follow God and we're obedient to God, we're going to continually be blessed. Yeah, I mean, going back to our context, Andy, you have to remember, this is at a time when David and the men who were loyal to him were essentially in exile in the land of the Philistines, the land of the enemy, right. because King, you know, King Saul wanted to kill David, get rid of him to avoid you know, prophecies being fulfilled was after him, and David had to flee. So these were very loyal men who had kind of put their faith in God yes. and their faith in David yes. that they were going to be able to someday come back into the land and be prosperous, and this happens to them. Exactly. So if you can imagine, you know, for the, you know, everybody listening, there was basically a Team Saul or a Team David. You know, if you wanted stability and the power and, you know, uh, you, could, you could argue the fact, well, you know, Samuel chose Saul, so we're going to stick with Saul. But David's men, like you mentioned, the loyal men, they followed David because they knew that they sensed God's anointing on David. Right. And they were, they were leading, you know, which we would call today like being led by the Holy Spirit and following what they knew was the right spiritual way. Even though it was an exile, it was, it was out in the wilderness, and they were constantly being attacked and chased by Saul's men. But the root of that attack from Saul was jealousy. Right. Right? So we, we, we know as readers that it wasn't, you know, this wasn't God's will for Saul to attack David. It was just it was jealousy. So going back to, you know, these, these faithful men that followed David, that put their wives and their children on the side to follow David because they believe that David is the true chosen king, chosen by God, eventually, they come back, David leads them back, they hear of, you know, I guess the death of Saul and, and what have you, they come back and then they find out, you know, that, my goodness, their, their camp, their, their women, their children are gone. 
So David and the people who were with him, they wept. And if you look at that word and you, and you study it and, and look at it, it means to cry with a deep, deep-seated cry to the point where, you know, you can't breathe properly, where you're just broken. It's more than just crying. This is like a, a, a physical, you know, it's crying to the point where your whole physical body is, is, is being uh, overwhelmed, right? So it says that they wept until they were too exhausted to weep anymore. And the people with David spoke of even stoning David because, you know, at that point, the enemy is attacking and all this. You can imagine what was going on. So everyone was affected and everyone was in distress. But if you read the story, you'll see God came through with time-sensitive encouragement. Yeah, so remember, David had a relationship with God and he was a true worshiper. And the Bible says a man after God's own heart. So even in the midst of distress, you know, Scripture tells us that David felt strengthened and encouraged, and it's hard to even imagine that, you know, in that situation. As you had, as you had mentioned, besides the, all the great sorrow, now you had the anger of the people and your, your life is at risk, but he, he reached out to God for encouragement and received it in such a way that he received God's direction regarding what was going on. And, and uh, the end of the story, which we kind of read this, just the last verse of, is that he goes forward with confidence. And he recovered all that the enemy had taken from them. Nothing was permanent. In other words, it was all, it was all temporary, the important things, that is. And they were able to recover all of it. Amen. Yeah, Jordan, well said. So, you know, looking at the story here, we see that after David encouraged himself in God, I believe that he was able to inquire of God's direction because he had faith in God and witnessed God's provision in the past. Remember the story of the giant. He, he witnessed protection in his life. And promises that God gave him that were performed and came to reality in the past. And he knew, David knew without a doubt, that God would come through for him again. So, you know, now looking at it today, I'm sure that we've all probably experienced a situation similar to David when our particular steps were ordered to return to a certain place, and then everything was totally out of our control. I mean, it was haywire, right? We, we try to go a certain path that God leads us, and then for whatever reason, God brings us back. And then we get there and we're like, wow, what happened? We were following you, God. What did I leave behind? And am I responsible? Am I, am I to blame for this? How do I deal with this? So, you know, maybe individuals connected to us are, are negatively impacted and their actions and their words possibly indicate that they want to get rid of us. I mean, there's so many different variables here. If you can imagine your life and, and David, in David's situation too. But we're here to tell you that, you know, let this be an encouragement that no matter the situation that, that you're facing, that we're facing, or have faced in the past, we have to allow God's encouragement system to kick in. And we know we call that today the Holy Spirit. And that's a, a huge part of, of the gift of the Holy Spirit is that He encourages us when we need Him the most. And of course, we always recommend inquiring of, of Him at all times, asking God through Christ, our route, our direction to divine recovery. You know, remember, God comes through on time for His children, and that's who we are. Yeah, and that brings us back to James 4.8, which we started the lesson with, which is, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. You know, confess, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So it's that attitude of first possibly correcting anything that's yeah. confessing sins, correcting anything that's wrong in sure. your life, getting right with God, and then draw near to him because it says he'll draw near to you. So Andy, a question for you. Now that we've completed the, the meat of the 20-minute study, 
Let's uh, let's ask a few practical questions on how this lesson can affect us today. Sure. Um, a great question would be, you know, we saw earlier in the reading that David strengthened himself in the Lord as God. And what are some ways that we Christians can do the same today? That's a great, great question, Jordan. And um, for all our listeners, I would have to say from my experiences, right? Because I've tried different things. One thing I can tell you is trying to do it on your own is a bad idea. Even though we have God and that's all we need, he's our all in all. You know, there's a reason why there's scriptures in Hebrews, like, do not forsake the gathering of one another. Right. Because being part of a church or being part of some kind of community or Bible study, there's a reason why God put that there for us, because he knows the journey is difficult. It's part of his process, part of his training process to mold us. He's going to rip us apart. He's going to tear us down and build us back up, tear us down again, build us back up. But having a system of love and support you know, whether it's brothers or sisters in Christ, you've got to have that. So David, in this particular point, you know, we know the obvious answer is going to be, you know, you constantly need to pray. Right. 100% for that. See God in his word. Absolutely. That's daily regardless, good or bad days, right? Um, but I think that one, one thing that a lot of us stronger, mature Christians try to do is try to handle it on our own. And I think that that's where the support system of having other brother or sisters in Christ, be there for us, just to love us, to pray for us, to fast with us, whatever it might be. I think that's something that more of us need to do, especially in these end times. Yeah, it's a great blessing because when you think about it, we have more than what David even had, right? David had oral traditions and the oral stories. He didn't have a comprehensive chapter and verse broken down, study Bible to sure. reference, and we do. So he had, a, he had to think back to the, the stories of his forefathers and what he had been taught. So he he was at a disadvantage there, and then like you're saying, encouragement from your from your peers. Obviously, David didn't have that. They yeah. they were talking about first of all, yeah. they were they were just sobbing until they were exhausted. Yeah. So they weren't they couldn't be there for him. And then some some of them it seems wanted to stone him to death. Like yeah. you know you really ruined our lives and we have to kill you now. So mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like he had any real any real support structure. And and oftentimes we do we we you know we live in America in a country that's full of churches yeah, and and exactly. Christians and and family members and everything else that, that's full of support. So in some ways, we, we have it better than, than David had it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we're from New Jersey, but I could just jump in a car, take a ride, and, you know, on a Sunday morning, walk into a church in North Carolina, brokenhearted, and, and just get on my hands and knees and worship and pray and just cry at the altar. And I guarantee you, that pastor and those people, right. through the Holy Spirit, will sense that I need the Lord. Right. And that's part of the, the true Christian, is to love your brother and be there for them. The best way to kind of put aside our own difficulties sometimes is to help others, to love others, you know? So, so we have those advantages, but sometimes, Andy, it does seem like the, the harder we work towards living a faithful Christian lifestyle, the more the enemy will attack us and the more difficult it will become to remain on the straight and narrow. So what, why do you think that is? That's a great question as well. I, I believe, Jordan, that according to Scripture, that... The closer we get to the goal of living that righteous life, the harder we try, based on what your, your question is, you know, okay, we're, we're, we're doing everything we're told. We're trying our best to be obedient. We're, we're obeying the Word of God. We're going to church. We're helping others. We're tithing. We're fasting. We're giving up the things of the world, and we're seeking God. But it just, it just seems that people like that, Christians like that, get attacked even more. From the outside, like we didn't do anything wrong, and yet we're getting attacked, and we're getting accused, and we're getting 
you know, and then we just get weaker and weaker and weaker. And I could promise you, based on my experiences, and I'm sure even stories in the Bible, just like David, that it's because God loves you in a special way. Like it says in Hebrews, I'll I'll reference Hebrews, and even in, in Revelation, God chastises those he loves the most. So if, as we get closer to him, trust me when I tell you, listen, he loves us and he's got a plan and he knows his plan, but we sense his love when we get closer to him. So the more righteous we live, the less worldly and more spiritually we live while we're on this earth, as we try our best to to fulfill our ministry, because everybody on this earth has a ministry. And at the end of the day, it's leading people towards God. And the stronger we get, I promise you, the harder God allows it to be. But again, that's his way of showing that, that you are a legitimate child of mine, and I love you. And there's, there's things that will occur in heaven that you will receive as reward, that you will thank me one day. You will look back and say, thank you, Lord, because those difficult times kept me on my knees. Those difficult times kept me in church, kept me crying and staying broken so that I could be your faithful servant, your faithful steward. Yeah, it's it's counterintuitive, but um, there's always that danger when things are going great that, of course, as humans, as fleshly people, we're going to believe it's us and we're going to rely on ourselves instead of relying on God. So a lot of times that that reproach, those difficult times that draw us near to God, are necessary because the things are always great. And and, and I, I happen to think that's one of the one of the biggest um, traps of Satan in the world. People, you know, people think of Satan as the red guy with horns, and yeah. he's going to put women in drugs and Right. And, and loose living, and those are going to be your temptations. But there's this um, greater temptation, very deceptive, of having things just go along smoothly so that you're like, you know, things are good. I, I built a great life here. And, and as long as things are going smoothly and you're, you're enjoying, you know, the, the luxuries of life, then it's a huge trap because you get, get distant from God. So sometimes, you know, yeah. con- you know ca- again, counterintuitively, a difficult time is a blessing in disguise because Absolutely. it brings draws you back near to him. I know, really impossible to hear what you're saying, but it's so true, so true. And kind of like in summary, Jordan, you know, people might be asking, well, then what is God's purpose? Why does he have to make us go through this? It hurts too bad. He's God, he could do anything. Why doesn't he just kind of like protect us, put us in a bubble and get us through this life? And, and we'll be faithful servants and, and we'll do everything we're supposed to, just make it a little easier, right? And I, I'm here to tell you that according to Scripture, and this is a big part of our ministry, is that God has a special reward system in heaven for every Christian. When this world ends, whether it's, it's the end of life or the rapture occurs, eventually we're all going to be at the Bema Seat together, Christians only, where we will be judged according to our works. And basically it's, it's did we submit to the Holy Spirit, and did we, were we obedient, especially during the difficult times to God? Because if you are, then he has a great reward to use us during his thousand-year kingdom when his son Jesus Christ will come back to rule and reign on this earth. That is, the Bible often calls a salvation, a great salvation, that does have to be earned. We have to prove ourselves worthy of that. And how else for us to prove it than right now when we go through difficult times? And that's our lesson, which means we have just a few minutes left to tell you that you can get a 20-minute Bible study anytime you like by visiting our website. We archive all of these lessons and make them available for free at 20minutebiblestudies.org. You can listen online, download for later, and even subscribe to a podcast version and have new lessons automatically delivered to your favorite smart device. 
even more important, our website is the place where you can join in on our Bible studies by sharing your comments and asking any questions you may have. We have a growing social media community and a discussion forum, and we welcome your questions and comments. Thanks for joining us for another 20-minute Bible study. Special thanks to the family of Pastor Gary T. Whipple, to the Abundant Life Worship Center for the music for our show, and to Tom Pine for our scripture reading. I'm Steve Zioli, and until next time, may the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Mysteries of the Kingdom Incorporated.